When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. After leaving teaching because of some serious burnout, she vowed to build the community she wished existed when she needed it most. She went from classroom teacher to an educational consultant, instructional designer, and six-figure business owner. Now, she's here to help you achieve happiness and work-life balance, whether inside or outside the classroom. Come join our discussion as we talk about managing teacher burnout, career transitions outside the classroom, starting a side hustle, and everything in between. Here's your host of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast and your new personal cheerleader, Daphne Gomez. Welcome to the Teacher Career Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Daphne Gomez. All it takes is a few minutes and you can start Googling failure quotes and you can find thousands of really great, inspiring quotes about failure. They're often spoken by really important thought leaders or super successful CEOs. You've probably seen them. They're probably up in your classroom. People like Thomas Edison, Oprah, Johnny Cash, Bill Gates, Michael Jordan. We always reshare these as inspirational memes on social media or talk about them when we're talking about growth mindset. But if you are listening to this podcast right now, I am going to assume that you feel like a failure in this present moment and you have put a lot of work in to achieve a very specific huge goal and you are still not where you want to be, and you don't feel like time is on your side at all. Maybe you can't get an interview, or maybe you've had these few really amazing interviews with companies that ultimately broke your heart. Maybe you actually already committed to signing a teaching contract for next year because you just didn't know if your heart could take the hurt of any more job searching and rejection. And right now, as you are listening to this, most likely your emotions are taking over because it feels like you failed. And a few inspirational quotes or that poster on your wall is not going to be enough to soften the blow. It is really hard right now to not be bitter, to not start panicking, and to not start telling yourself that getting what you want and deserve out of life is impossible. It's also really easy to feel completely isolated, like you are the only one who feels this way, especially if you are surrounded by a sea of successes. That is why in this episode, I want to give you three very real steps to help you stop feeling like a failure and move past this roadblock. I'm going to share my tips for getting prepared for it mentally, deciding how you are going to actually move forward from this moment and setting some very clear goals for redirection. My first piece of advice is to give yourself some real time and some real permission to feel these very big feelings that you're feeling. Your emotions, no matter how big they are right now, are completely valid. The education system has failed so many of you, especially these last few years. You are most likely coming from a place of trauma, depending on what you saw in the classroom and going back into the same or a similar situation, but now with a bruised ego or a broken heart is a lot for anybody to process. Give yourself some grace and some patience in healing from this moment. 
when I'm personally feeling these really big feelings, my instinct has always been to bury myself in busy work and pretend that they do not exist. And that is never the healthy option for me. So first, please consider going to a therapist. When I personally ignore my feelings and I repress them, my entire body and my brain get out of control. And you may find yourself in a similar boat as well. Maybe you find yourself getting really short and snappy with people that you truly love just based out of not wanting to talk about what is going on with you and how bad this hurts or what you really want to do moving forward. Maybe you find yourself making fear-based decisions without putting a lot of thought into the consequences or reality of them. So maybe that means you never really gave a dream career path a real chance. You gave up on it really quickly because you heard from one person that it was too hard for them, so you didn't want to give it a chance at all. Or maybe you just didn't apply to any companies that weren't your quote-unquote dream companies because fear was telling you that all companies besides these very elite few were going to have a toxic culture. Whatever went on during the last few months, fear, resentfulness, sadness, grief, all of that may be hitting you right now. And these are all totally normal, especially with how much you've just gone through in the last few years. You really have to give yourself time to sit in these feelings So that might mean speaking with a professional, journaling, just truly give yourself permission to feel them. If you have not yet sat down and named them, write down a few names of them. For example, do you feel yourself feeling resentful? Does not getting a new impressive job title make you feel small or unworthy or unlovable? I have personally felt like a failure very many times in my life. And one of the parts of the job searching I just wish I was more prepared for was how the ups and downs of the job search itself and facing rejection over and over and over again was going to impact me mentally. Like I've said on past podcast episodes, I just came from a place where I was really insecure after being beaten down for an entire school year at a really toxic school environment. I just I'm already an insecure person who suffers from anxiety, but that year I had such a low self-worth. And so facing the rejection over and over and over again was really difficult for me. I completely remember how this part feels. Rejection is going to be one of the hardest parts of the job search, but rejection is often not as personal as it feels. I've had to personally make really hard decisions outside of the classroom as a CEO of a company. I had to hire one person out of four amazing candidates, all of who I would have loved to hire. No matter how much I struggled with the decision of who I was going to choose due to how impressive all of them were and how much I would have loved to work with all of them, that email that I sent that we went with another candidate email is going to sting all three of the ones who did not ultimately get it. They're going to blame themselves and their qualifications, even though they all crushed it. Not only have I been on the hiring side many times in the last five years, but I've also talked to countless hiring managers for companies that hire teachers. This type of rejection happens so much more than job hunters probably realize. Either there are too many great candidates to decide from, or it went to someone who already worked at the company, 
or potentially someone else had a reference and you were still an amazing candidate. Maybe one person potentially took a program that helped them prepare a little bit more for their interview questions. So they may have stood out slightly above the rest for one reason or another with their follow-up letters or just the way that they articulated their strengths. But any of the other candidates could have easily been the very next hire and you wouldn't really know it if you got that, you know, you did great, but we're going with another candidate email. The hiring team's not going to tell you much about their decision. It's an uncomfortable situation to be in on their end. And it just opens up a back and forth and a can of worms that they really don't need to. So often they just leave it as is. And sometimes they will give constructive criticism depending on if that's something that they do at their company and if the candidate actually asks for any sort of feedback to help them stand out in the future. But we don't know that. And sometimes rejection makes us guarded from even trying, even though we were so close to getting that job. If you see a job in the future that's similar to a job you've already interviewed for and didn't get, you might find yourself saying, you know, what's the point in me even applying? And then you may find yourself walking away. You may have already stopped working on your goals due to just the pain of being rejected in a job interview. Even if you know you crushed it, it just, it hurts so bad to feel rejected. And then it's easy for us to start to self-sabotage when we get to this point even though if you are getting your foot in the door for interviews, you are just around the corner to getting your one yes. So once you sit down and think about all of the things that have happened and think about them objectively from different points of view, start to identify those big feelings, start to ask yourself questions about how these feelings are feeding your behaviors and see if there's any sort of patterns that you can find. Not everybody can say that they react the same to the way that, you know, rejection and hurt makes them feel. With me, it makes me feel insecure and very small, but sometimes rejection makes us feel bitter, angry, entitled to better. I've seen a lot of this behavior on LinkedIn recently, and it could potentially also be red flagging you if you are coming off as someone who is entitled to get a job outside of the classroom. I've seen a lot of quotes like, I got rejected again after a great interview. It's time for companies to wake up and realize that teachers are capable of doing even their jobs better than they can. You know, posts that are negative in general about hiring managers or recruiters due to one bad experience are potentially going to leave bad tastes in future hiring managers or recruiters' mouths as they're looking at your LinkedIn profile. And this is just a really concerning trend for me that I'm seeing posts and comments like this on a platform that is supposed to be used professionally. If you find yourself surrounded by others who are obviously having some very big feelings but are encouraging unprofessional behaviors on LinkedIn, it might be time for a quick unfollow so that you don't get sucked into the drama. Remember, it's okay to feel these big feelings and you can vent about them as much as you want but you have to monitor your behaviors to see if you are acting based on these big feelings, if you can't control it, and whether that's actually digging you into a hole even further where you are further away from your goals. There are so many great emotional regulation strategies that we teach our students, but we often forget that there are these like huge, big changes going on in our lives when we actually probably need to practice them ourselves as adults. The next step for you to do is to decide if 
right now you truly want to move forward with this goal. It's so easy to get up in the excitement of a career change. You can have shiny object syndrome and start to chase all of these other different career paths as well, or you might just be excited and following what worked amazing for someone else. It's now time to decide if you are going in the right direction, and if so, how long do you plan to keep going in that same direction? You set this goal for yourself, you're allowed to change your goalpost. If you said that you were going to get a job within three months and now you've decided with the new information that you know it's going to be six months or 12 months time, move the goalpost. You also don't control other people and other factors, but you are the one person who's going to be able to control if you want to keep pursuing this for even longer and you're allowed to control your response to it. So write down first if you are just going to change the timeline, but if you're not even sure if you're on the right path right now, you can start talking about what are the pros and cons of continuing the path that you are on. Would you be happier if you stopped and changed direction altogether at this point? That's one thing that I think so many people really struggle with accepting. If you don't want to move forward, it's okay to change paths altogether. This is not just, I mean, change directions and the job path that you're pursuing, but you can ultimately change what the priority is for the next year. If you are listening to this and you are heartbroken that getting a new career is not happening for you, that is most likely an indicator that it means enough to you to keep fighting for it. But if you're listening to this and you're more heartbroken because you just absolutely hate the person you work for or the school environment you're in, maybe switch schools this year and make that your goal for right now. So stop and think about what your goal is, whether it's leaving teaching in general the career that you're pinpointing or whatever it is that you feel like you failed on, is that still aligned with what you want in your life right now? Because where you started months ago or years ago and who you are right now today could be two totally different people with a lot of new knowledge. And once again, if you're unsure, I always recommend sitting down and doing a pros and cons list just to see which one has more weight in it to you. If you're thinking about staying in the classroom, you may have done enough research and you decided to come to the decision that you're not planning on leaving anymore. And if you are on the fence, even for a split second, please make sure to go back and listen to my interview with Angela Watson on episode 74, because she is truly an expert on helping teachers make it a more sustainable career. And if that is you, if you are staying in the classroom, use this new information that you found out about yourself to move on to a new goal, a new direction in life, and a new sense of growth and passion. My hope for all of you that decide to stay in the classroom is that you realized that the opportunity to leave is there for everyone, including yourself, but you've realized that staying is the right choice for you and your family and your personal situation And that brings you the clarity to focus your energy to pursue ways to find happiness inside of the classroom as well. But I know for the vast majority of you listening, staying is absolutely not the answer. 
So if you do decide to change direction from one career path, maybe to a different one for the short term, maybe you're going to start pursuing stepping stone careers. That would be making a purposeful shift or change in direction, and I wouldn't really call that a failure. I remember almost taking a role that would have been nowhere near enough money for me to pay my bills when I was completely burned out. So I do want to remind you that when your emotions are high, it is easy to make quick and impulsive decisions. But in order to ensure that you're making sound choices, make sure you've identified what is the bare minimum that you would take or what you would do to supplement your income if you are not planning to go back to the classroom and you don't have anything lined up currently. I have an entire podcast episode about how to strategically pick stepping stone careers, so I encourage you to go back to this episode and listen to it as well. I know that you probably expected to be in a different spot now than you are, and it feels like you probably have lost some time, and that hurts. But have you grown from point A to where you are today? And will that growth impact a success in the future? That is what you're going to decide right now. Like I've said before, and all of those successful CEOs in their Instagram-worthy quotes have said, it takes a lot of failure to make big, impactful changes or do impressive things in our life. I actually changed directions recently, and it was still really hard. I closed Qualified Team Solutions, our recruiting agency, after about a year or a little under a year of dedicating all of our time money and energy to it. QTS had a lot of potential to be successful, but for me, I had to make a really important challenging decision on whether that was truly what I wanted to continue to pursue. I had to evaluate just how much time and energy I was spending on this path and how much time and energy team members were spending on this path and what that would take away from other things that were more important to me at that time for teacher career coach. People are so afraid to change direction, especially if they put a lot of time and potentially money into a certain idea, but it's okay to learn and grow from these experiences. I had to ask myself, you know, what were the pros and cons of shutting down QTS? Would I be happier if I stopped and changed direction? The answer was not an easy one for me, but the easiest middle ground was for me to create the teacher career coach jobs board so that companies could still post their open positions and I could still continue my really important work communicating with hiring managers and recruiters from these companies and relaying best practices to you. Now, I wish that there was a very easy answer to your situation, but I've said this before, neither decision is going to be easy for you. You're going to have to decide what is the right type of hard. Take some time to heal, reflect, and then when you are ready and you've determined your next moves, pick yourself up off the ground. You're going to be ahead of where you were when you first started And you are using this part and the past to leave behind what is not working and make moves to improve yourself, to set yourself up for the future. This is not failing. You are failing up. Now it is time to sit down and ask yourself, what did not work and what would you do differently the next time around? I wish I could tell you that this part would not sting so much. This, you know, process of sitting down and trying all over again. But the honest truth is, is that you are probably not going to want to do this part at all because 
working harder on something that doesn't feel like it's working isn't what our brains are wired to do. It's going to feel so much easier to give up at this point and to potentially feed yourself the narrative that this is totally impossible and that you tried everything. It might feel easier to blame outside factors or make generalized statements like absolutely no hiring managers are ever hiring former teachers. But we do know that these facts are not true. We know and we see that teachers are landing positions outside of the classroom. Many different types of teachers, teachers with different backgrounds, teachers in different areas, teachers of different age levels. Those that are successful have to keep reflecting and growing even when it stinks and it would feel easier to just give up altogether and go back to the status quo. There are so many teachers that I talk to whose entire goal is just to quote unquote land a new job and I get it. That, you know, ultimately is your goal. But that goal is the end game, and it's something that's completely outside of your control. There are so many steps to get to that goal that are within your control, and you need to start to monitor those and celebrate progress that you make in that area as well, because if not, you are just naturally going to feel like a failure during the entire job searching process if your only goal is one that you don't have any insight into when it's going to actually happen. You might have to start making these smaller, smart goals that you are actually in control of that are going to help you get closer to achieving this big goal to help keep you motivated and on track. I've heard the phrase, a goal without a clear plan is just a wish. And I try and think about that all the time. This is your opportunity right now to look at the plan you had created and redesign it with the new knowledge that you have and the progress that you have made. Start to develop the plan to reach your new goal. So if you are in this for the long game and you are in an emotional state right now, ready to roll up your sleeves and get to work, it's time to evaluate how you approached your job search and just see if there are areas in which you can improve the next time around. The first thing I want to talk about is productivity. If you only had a certain amount of time to spend each day or week on your goals, Did you feel like you were using your time the most efficient way? You could have found yourself in a trap of feeling really productive or working towards this goal, but not necessarily moving the needle forward. One thing that I see people do is post and scroll LinkedIn daily for hours instead of using that hour to strategically rewrite their resume or do something that they dreaded working on, or researching opportunities to apply for at jobs that aren't as competitive as the ones that they're seeing posted on LinkedIn. Did you personally find yourself applying to jobs months before you were truly ready to even take a position? Much of that time scrolling LinkedIn or looking for jobs and applying and interviewing even before you're ready may have been more efficiently used by working on other parts of the job hunt. Whether or not it was procrastination or due to just being new to the job hunting process with a career outside of education, these are just two areas where I saw teachers this year focusing more energy that may have been better spent upskilling and learning about specific roles. And I constantly struggle with procrastination personally. If I have three tasks that I dread doing, I will literally try and do every other task I can to procrastinate getting to the ones that I know I need to do. And 
I know that I'm trying to feel better during this part and put off the thing that I dread doing, but I actually don't feel any better until I finally get to and accomplish the tasks that I hate. Know that you are not alone if you struggle with time management or productivity or even just figuring out what items you should be working on with your job hunt. You also may want to reflect on the jobs that you're specifically applying for the next time around. Maybe you were only applying for one very specific type of job in one very specific industry, like you are only looking for an instructional design role specifically for an ed tech company, and you never really opened up your mind to opportunities for instructional design or other learning and development jobs in other industries that may have had more openings or availability or been less competitive. What similar paths would you potentially be open to in the future? Could you reach out and do informational interviews with other people, not necessarily former teachers, but who are in those careers as well? Did you find yourself upskilling for the particular job? And did you make sure that that was reflected well on your resume? Would you potentially be open to stepping stone careers to get your foot in the door? Maybe you found yourself guarded or in a sense of fear and you didn't apply for any jobs if they didn't post their salary up front, which is not something that's very common with jobs outside of education, and that seriously limited the companies that you were applying to. While I completely understand the hesitation of wasting your time or the frustration that happens if you go into an interview and then find out that it's far lower it is important to research the average salaries up front and then just continue to apply to jobs that fall into that category. And your strategy altogether may just be different this time around. You may be more open to leaving teaching mid-year if the right opportunity arises due to the short time frame that you have. If you haven't yet listened to episode 52 of this podcast, I do a deep dive into breaking your teaching contract mid-year. This is a very personal issue and a decision that only you can make for yourself, and it is not a decision that anyone listening should make lightly. I am reading new reports that more districts are starting to take credentials and find teachers who leave, so please make sure to read your contract thoroughly as you plan your next steps to anticipate if the risk is worth the reward. Now, if you feel pulled into a million directions scattered throughout this entire process, just know that is normal with a project as daunting and large as changing careers, especially with all of the stress that you are facing at the exact same time. And with a sea of conflicting career advice all over the place, whether it's on LinkedIn or other blogs, it can be really challenging to know if you're on the right path and that alone can be paralyzing. I am very aware that I just ran through this really long list of things that you are potentially beating yourself up about but know that you could have done every single thing right. You could have done every single thing correctly and time just ran out for you. As I'm recording this podcast, there is a recession looming. I talk to hiring managers and recruiters that are on hiring freezes and some of them have started to lay off people as well. There are factors outside of your control that are going to impact your search. The timeline of when you do get this one yes is always going to be outside of anyone's control. 
but often upon reflection, there are at least a few areas where we know we can improve the next time around. And this would just be that time for you to write down everything that you learned and what you would do differently when you do approach this in the future. It's time to also reflect on anything that you know that you really did well during this entire job hunt. If you found yourself super focused on Saturdays at a certain time because you turned your cell phone off, if you felt like you made a lot of progress upskilling towards a certain goal, use all of these examples of when and where you knew that you shine and the areas that you know that you can improve and then start your plan and focus on what you are going to do next. Because you can do anything and everything that you want to in your life, but you cannot do all of them at the same time. That was actually one of the most important lessons that I had to learn with shutting down QTS is that our company was just not able to do all of these things all at the same time. And you are just one human with a lot on your plate. So give yourself the grace and empathy that you would give someone else. Start to make realistic goals for yourself for the next few months. In the next three months, what is the most important thing for you to address and what is realistic within that time frame? Maybe last time you didn't have a specific goal to apply to a certain amount of positions per week or dedicate a specific hour of the week to upskilling. In addition to all the resume writing templates and videos and time-saving materials, one of the things that I hear from teacher career coach course graduates that they enjoyed that I've included in the course is this breakdown, like a checklist of everything that I recommend, timeframes for each of the tasks, what I believe you should be doing first so that you are working on this big goal as efficiently as possible and not pulled into the millions of directions that you may feel you are pulled into right now. If your goal is to get a role outside of teaching, even if that goal is six or nine months away, the time to get started on all of these goals is now. And if you want support this time around and you have not already joined us in the Teacher Career Coach course, do not wait until you are starting to apply to join us. Join us early, start to go in and learn what you should be doing even months before you start applying to help set yourself up for success the next time around. You are not a fortune teller. Just because something didn't happen during a specific timeline does not mean that it will never happen for you. I've seen people say this with 10 resumes or 100 resumes. They both have sent out this many resumes. They didn't hear anything back. And then they reach out and they say, it's not possible. It's just as true, even if you did send out 100 resumes, though I know that it's harder to keep going when you've already put so much effort into this. And if you are feeling big feelings right now, that means it's probably a really big, important goal for you, one that is worth fighting for and worth pushing past this roadblock. I wanted to end this podcast with something that I saw on Instagram from one of my favorite authors, Glennon Doyle, who posted a photo of her niece's eraser, and it was called a yippee eraser. The eraser said, yippee, you made a mistake. Keep trying. And she wrote in the caption, mistakes should never be shamed, but celebrated. Mistakes are for the brave. The decision to try is the success. Yippee. Time is just one eternal yippee eraser. If you made a mistake, yippee. Good job for making a mark on your life and the world. Try, erase, begin again. 
I loved reading that and it just reminded me, you know, failure is this opportunity for us to decide to either keep pushing in the same direction or to make changes and redirect. But you've learned something in the process and I know that it's hard to see that, but that in itself is a success. You haven't failed and you won't fail unless you've given up altogether on something that you know that you truly want. It's okay to change paths. It's okay to change strategies. It's okay to learn something new about yourself in this entire process. And it's okay to keep pushing once you've healed from this season. I cannot wait to hear all about the fails that lead to big successes in your journey. And I recently opened up a voice message account for former teachers who are Teacher Career Coach Podcast listeners to leave encouragement for everybody who is going through this phase. And I wanted to share a following message that I got from a podcast listener, Kat, and she just sums up really well how she continued to face rejection. Hi, everyone. My name's Kat. I'm currently an office manager slash client relations at a financial firm, but I was a teacher in special education for four years. And prior to that, I did an AmeriCorps program that also worked in schools for two years. So I was working in education for six years. Um, Word of advice, just keep at it and have an open mind. I didn't expect to end up working at a finance office. I thought I was going to want to do something in ed tech um, or in tech. And this job has been a great opportunity for me to learn customer facing, you know, roles and how to be good at customer relations alongside with like learning some financial tech platforms that I think would be helpful to me in the future. So I would just say, have an open mind at the different roles you could be good at and keep at it. I got a lot of rejections. I had a lot of final round interviews that didn't go my way probably like 10 Um, and I was applying for almost the entire school year like since September and I just landed a job last month in May so that would be my tip of advice for you and just keep going try your best and you guys got this you'll be able to get a new job for sure thank you so much for being a big part of this community and for sharing this resource with other teachers who are looking for this type of support And if you are a former teacher who successfully left the classroom and you want to leave a voice message for the teachers in this audience, please go to speakpipe.com forward slash teacher career coach. That's speakpipe.com forward slash teacher career coach. We'll see you on the very next episode of the Teacher Career Coach Podcast.